Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the episode seven of the HO Racing Today podcast with me, Chase Ellis, my co-host, Adam Moneypenny. Adam is off this week, but we hope everyone had an amazing Christmas and safe travels. I'm honored to introduce a very special guest today, the founder and owner of RPMMS and the 2019 Hopper Nationals Grand Champion, Roger Porcelli. Welcome to the podcast, Roger. Thanks, Chase. Good to be on. <laughs> Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, first off, uh, how'd you get into slot car racing? I was born into it. <laughs> My dad did it since he was a kid. Um, and uh, he would bring sets and cars to my brother and I for our birthdays and Christmas. He would um, airbrush like uh, the Tyco Porsche bodies and put our names and our age on it for that year. And yep, whenever we'd go visit him up for Christmas at my grandparents on Long Island, he would set up a, a little track all around the, uh, the coffee table in the living room and we would play with that. And then he'd take us over to the, the 124th tracks um, in the hobby shops out there. And that's how I got my start. Mm-hmm. When did you start really? Did you start club racing at first? Or I, I know you probably started home racing at first. When did you start getting into club racing? I didn't really get into club racing until after I got out of the military. But my first Hopper Nationals, um, I was 15 years old in 1989 and that was out in bedford pa and that's when my dad got his first uh first win um it was uh him i i believe the main was my dad um bob lincoln uh kim bartholomew and bob dame i think that was the main and my dad wound up winning and that's the year that he uh came out with the the silicone sponge tires and that's also the year right after that that he founded slot tech mm-hmm do you have really any special moments with your father that you cherish today? Uh, well, the first time I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even win, but, you know, that was out in Denver in 91, which is one of my favorite Nats. And uh, it was the modified main. I got second, and he got third, and that was that was fun. Um, it was also special to have him out at uh, Lucky Bob's in 2015 when I got my first win, uh, Hopper win. I, I won a, a Euphoria race in 2008 with my dad um he didn't race that class so that's probably why i won <laughs> <laughs> um other special moments he uh he took me to my first indycar race i think that was also in 89 um in 1990 he took us to, my brother and i to um watkins Glen to see a race there i think it was a six hour race that was a good time and uh, i got to see my dad and mark tate were very good friends and mark got myself my brother and my dad into the Miami race in Biscayne Bay for my graduation present in 92. Mm. So that was fun. Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's many more moments, I mean, but uh, show's not long enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can go on about it if you want to. But uh, when when did your uh, father come up with Slot Tech? Like when was the first really idea of it? Uh, I didn't live with him at that time, so I don't know mm. when the idea was first you know, first manifested, but like I said, he, he launched it and I didn't even know he was going to do it at the end of the, the 89 Nats. He had, uh, the tires, um, he had some electrical parts, um, and you know, everything, um, just blossomed from there. He came out with his gears, um, and he would drill the Tyco chassis for the, the brush barrels and the body tubes and all that. So I moved to Florida in, um, 
1990, right after Christmas break. Sorry about that. Okay. And, um, and I helped them a lot with it. Um, you know, come home. It was, it was basically my first job is after school, coming home and, and building cars, uh, deburring axles, wh- whatever he needed to be done, you know, cook dinner, <laughs> so, whatever was needed to help him, you know, keep slot tech going is what I did. So it was fun. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what you did up until you came up with the idea for our RPMS. Oh no, the RPMs didn't come out to 2016. Um, mm-hmm. And that was after my dad passed and there was, you know, there was a, a parting ways with slot tech and I don't really want to get into that. That's just, that's, it's that's fine. personal. So, Very um, fine. but after, after that, um, that's when I started coming up with the idea for RPMs and it was basically, I didn't see anything out there for, for a service oriented, um, company for lack of a better word in, in, uh, HO racing. So that's, that's how I started it. And then it, spread it from there to the gears and motors and and now the direwolf chassis and a few other things are in the works now Mm -hmm. is there any products uh recently or in the past that you were really really excited about with rpms uh when i came out with the gears i was i was really excited about it they're the first gears to be manufactured with the the light and holes in them so yeah i'm I modeled them after my dad's gears, so when my dad passed and I was no longer part of Slotek and I ran out of good gears, which I liked my dad's gears, is when I came up with the idea for making my own. So that's that's what I've been really excited about. And, and now the direwolf and, and trying to um, make it easier for people to get into that class without having to pay for an expensive you know, $300 brass or or tungsten-based car that they don't know how to work on. Um, mm-hmm. It's an easy kit to put together, and you know, hopefully, it goes pretty well. <laughs> yeah, and I know it's kind of hard to talk about uh, something that doesn't work out, but is there something that you designed that didn't work out or failed, maybe in the prototype stage? Um, yeah, but I don't really want to talk about it. That's fine. <laughs> um, there was a couple of designs for the Direwolf that didn't work out at first, and there's other things that I'm still working on now that that prototyping just did not work. Um, mm-hmm. And um, the first go around with my design for the gears, um, I had more holes in it, and the the molders would not did not want to touch it. That's mm. a very um, difficult part of this whole thing is is finding uh people that will make the parts for for what we want to do because everything is so small uh, some of these guys don't want to touch it like like molders or or um machinists and and other companies so mm-hmm. i thought that would be the easiest part especially with the internet and i was very wrong mm-hmm uh, is there anything? What do you like? Uh, do, is there anything that you like to experiment in terms of chassis or classes? Just toy around with? Yeah, um, I I I like all the classes. I don't really have a favorite class, and and I'm, the reason I'm bringing that up is in compression molded, which is not my favorite class. There's so many things that you can do with the car. Um, there's different magnet configurations, different chassis configurations, different. Uh, motor configurations, gears, everything. It's the class that we get to play around with the most. So mm-hmm. I like to really um, throw stuff together and go out on my track and 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 play. Um, some things work, some things don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, 
it's it's tough to test the really fast stuff because I have a, a shorter track. It's only 14 and a half feet long for my basement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get a I can get a good sense of of what'll work and and go from there. It's it's, it's also uh, compression molded as I have like 10 or 11 cars in my box for that class because there's so many different ways to build them. Um, and, and that's what I like. Um, I like the the Neomod class for for its higher downforce and and mm-hmm. faster speeds. Um, and there's some tinkering you can do with those, but just not as much as compression molded. Mm-hmm. Uh, dang, I'm trying to think of something. Uh, is there anything that we that I could have any other thing that you want to talk about? Anything uh, that we've missed or I've missed? Pretty much asking about. Um. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you mentioned something about club racing. I didn't get back into club racing until um, I think it was, oh boy, 98 or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I raced with uh, Harvey Goodwin and Ron Miller and and uh, the guys in in Eckers in the Eckers series. Nice. And um, what you call it? Um, and I got out of racing. My my dad and I sometimes we we butted heads. So it, I had a couple of uh, instances where I just stopped racing for a while. Um, and you know then we would patch things up. And he asked me to go to the 2008 Nats. And you know I went with him. He built all the cars. And I raced well that year. Um, and then the the first year that I got back into full time racing was 2013 after the the Nats up at Lenjet. Mhm. And was just the uh, animat was just like the competitiveness of you two. Um, as far as what, as far as what we would butt heads about? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was sometimes sometimes that's what what started it. Um, but it was it was family stuff. So. Oh okay. Yeah. All right. I know you probably don't want to talk about that that, but uh. When did you first really get into uh, the Thunder Jets? I know we race mostly Thunder Jets up here in Central Ohio, but when did you start getting into them? T-Jets? Oh, man. Um, I'm, I wouldn't really say I'm into them. I race them mm-hmm. once or maybe twice a year uh, at the mm-hmm. Nats if I wind up going to the Midwest Championships or the uh, uh, the big um, East Coast Series, the Equors, I think they call it, uh, mm-hmm. with Rand- Randy Allen. Yeah, that's it. The Equal Challenge. Thank you. I went to that a couple of years ago. Yeah. I haven't been able to go in a couple of years because um, weddings. This year's it was Matt Handy's wedding, so oh, that was nice. fun. that was a fun time. Very nice. But yeah, uh, I only, only race T Jets once or twice a year. Um, mm. So I, I I race a car that I didn't even build, don't know how to work on. I hand it to somebody else, and they tune it up, and I go race it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How's it? I know you're probably you're one of the one of the only second generation uh, kind of creators racers in our sport. And is it a unique role to be in, especially uh, it's pretty much only you and RC Lincoln, pretty much are the only second generation uh, racers. So how does it feel unique? It it is it does feel a little unique. Um, there's other second generation racers out there like uh, mm-hmm. Zach Mofield and and Nick mm-hmm. Canan. Um, they're both young guys and very good racers. Um, I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm missing other people, but, um, but to, to follow what my dad did is it's kind of cool. Um, it'd be, it, 
it'd be really cool if I could talk to him one more time and just, you know, mm-hmm. tell him what I've been up to. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much one thing. Like, if you had an hour with your dad, you'd pretty much be catching up. Yeah. With just all, everything that's happened. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Very, very sorry about your loss. That's I can't imagine that. I really can't. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, what was probably uh, one of your favorite moments being in the Hopper Nets? I mean, I know probably winning it the past year is probably one of your best, like, favorite. Uh, um, there's a lot. And honestly, my my favorite time at the Hopper Nets, there's, there's a couple different ones. Sorry, I keep hitting my volume on my headset. Um, 91 was a special Nets. Like I said, that was the first time uh, I made a main event. Um, my dad and my brother were both there. We went out and raced. We, as in everybody, went out um, and raced go-karts and then went to Hooters. And it was my first time ever at Hooters. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, I, was, I met Greg Williams that year. We've been friends ever since. I was 17. You know, I'm 46 now. So mm-hmm. almost 30 years I've known Greg and a lot of the other guys in the hobby. Um, 95 was very special. Um, I surprised my dad. I was in, in the military still. I showed up in Milwaukee. Jonathan May put on a great show that year. It was at the Milwaukee Fairgrounds. We got to stop the race, uh, the, the events on Sunday, and go watch the IndyCar race on the Milwaukee Mile. Um, a couple of the uh, the guys, the, the racers, the IndyCar racers came in and, and uh, were messing around on the tracks. So that was really fun. Uh, like I said earlier, 2015 with my dad being there for my first um, Hopper title was fun. Um, and I would say those were my highlights. Mm-hmm. And I know this upcoming year, 2020, what is your racing resolution for 2020? <laughs> my, uh, my racing resolution is to try and stay as calm as possible during the races. I'm a pretty, uh, intense racer so (laughs) i'll just leave it at that i'm sure other people can fill you in (laughs) yeah nothing wrong with that i've i've encountered nothing wrong with that nothing wrong it's always nice to see some personality on the track i'm i'm more of the quiet really much i just like to concentrate i mean i'm just i have to be quiet i have to just concentrate on my car just like don't but there is the occasional moment where i will hook up wrong or i will watch the wrong car which right. sometimes happens. There's a seemingly colored car on the track. So, but yeah. Uh, what do you plan on racing uh, 2020 Nats? Oh boy. So this year I raced. Um, this year as 2019 Nats. I I want to say I was in six or seven total races, and that's a lot. And I want to do one more even this year because I, I didn't get a chance to race Gravity this year. I shouldn't say I didn't get a chance. I chose not to because my car didn't – the Direwolf did not work well on that track, and I wanted to concentrate on the other classes. So I raced Spec Racer, Super Stock, T-Jet, um, Polymod, Neo, and Unlimited, pretty much everything else. Um, this, this year I would like to race all the same stuff plus Gravity. There you go. Pulling all duty. <laughs> exactly, and I made I did a lot of work with the direwolf over the summer after the Nats. I mean, I took my lumps this year, and um, it's it's much more competitive than it was last year. It's still probably not anything that's going to contend for a win, but I I think if I could put it into a, a semi, I'd be very happy with that. Mhm. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm more working. I might see you in the spec racer class. I'm mostly going to be racing. 
uh, vintage G Jet. I'm like actually that's kind of confirmed. I want to race vintage G Jet. There's several support classes that I want to be part of, which is mostly the Brass Racer, which is basically a stock 12 volt, and the stock T Jet Challenge support race, which I those are pretty much the only ones that I have equipment for. Uh, I'm in the process of building a spec racer at the moment. Uh, I have the rule book all printed out and I'm just looking over what parts are legal and which ones aren't. And I have an extra Viper chassis that I'm using. So I can't spec racers. I raced them for the first time at Brian. I used to talk over Mo, Mo's place in yep. Dayton, Ohio and super nice guy. But I raced with, there's a new group formed in Ohio called the tri-state Southern hopper group. Yeah. I think Mo runs that, right? Yes, he does. And he kind of wanted just the hopper rules, but a more relaxed uh, introduction or so to hopper rules. That it's expectations for it, and same race format, same race rules. But uh, I raced him for the first time there. I was borrowing a chassis off of Ricky Shearer, which I forgot to mention him. He is not feeling well this week. I wish him well. Uh, but I borrowed one of his spec racer chassis, and I've I loved it from the start. It took a little bit getting used to with the speed, yep. but as soon as I find out how much grip and how much downforce those have, I was off to the races and I was just trying to push it in practice to see how fast I could get. And I managed to get almost equal times as Mo's, which, and I qualified second, I believe in spec racer. We both, we raced brass and spec. Uh, I qualified fifth in brass, second in spec, but I finished fifth in both. Okay. Uh, hate it because I know it's my first time. Shouldn't be too hard on myself, but I kind of just went in over my head. You kind of have those moments where you're just going over your head. And, and you're young and, and new at this, right? So, I mean, it's just – it's great to see young guys like you and Adam and, and like I said, Nick Canan and, and Zach and – we don't have too many young guys in the hobby, so it's great to see that you're this interested to make a, a podcast and, and, and want to race. So, you know, props to you guys. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're really excited. Me and Adam want to race the amateur super stock division at Hopra, which I'm kind of looking into that researching. But I just want to go because it's near here. You might as well enjoy it when it's near your place because it might be somewhere. It's most likely going to be somewhere else. So you might as well enjoy it race as much as possible i'm currently saving up the money to say stay all five days at the hotel there in aurora very nice hotel holy crap yeah and, we were talking earlier chris and, and those guys did a, a great job getting everything together so kudos to them. Everything. kudos to them it has everything i mean i know probably it's gonna be nice to take a dip in the pool after a long day but uh yeah, I'm just excited because especially with a public event like that, um, it's I just kind of view it as a perfect opportunity to reel more people in that maybe are just spectators yep. then, and they're like, holy crap, this is really cool, and they do more research into it, which I just can't wait to talk to, especially other other than people across the hobby, which will be exciting to talk to people from all over the nation, but again, to the new people, just wanting to know what we're doing and just like what uh, so what, how it goes down and introduce, introduce more people to the hobby, especially my age. We're totally yep. lacking in that, uh, millennial Gen Z, uh, demographic. So I just kind of wanted to, uh, use this podcast to promote to that generation. So yeah, it was a great idea and you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, that's all I have for you uh, this week. Uh, you can stay if you if you want to when I go over core recap. But uh, we lo- I'd like to thank you so much. Take your time out of your out of this Sunday afternoon, and we hope that you have a really great rest of your weekend. Yep, um, no problem at all, and have a, a happy new year. And like I showed you earlier, I got t shirt and pit mat and some other stuff that I'll send you an Adam. It's too bad he couldn't be here today. And thanks yeah. for having me on. All right, you're very welcome, man. Take care. All right, take care, man. All right, I'd like to thank Roger very, very much again for coming on the podcast today. I'm going to go straight into our Cahora recap of the week. Um, I'm actually recapping last week since this week Ricky Shear was supposed to host a race uh, with um, Mod T-Jet with slip-on tires, but uh, he had to cancel due to illness. Uh, I hope we wish that uh, Ricky and Lisa feel much better this week, but last week, the core gang visited Eddie Ball's Full Bunny Raceway, which is a Bowman in Bowman Track in Whitehall, Ohio, to race the stock T-Jet class. Uh, Ryan came in first with 120. Ryan Peoples came in first with a 123 laps with 25 sections. Eddie Ball came in second with 117 laps and 35 sections. Myron Benner finished only 20 sections behind Eddie with 117.15. And Danny Reinhardt rounded out the A-Main in fourth with 114 114 laps and five sections. Now going on to the B-Main, they had we had five people start in the B-Main. Uh, Danny advanced to the A, but uh, Dean finished fifth. Dean Ruppel finished fifth with 110, with 110 five laps. Dale White finished sixth with 105 laps and 19 sections. Steve Rohill finished set seventh with only three sections behind Dale. Very close finish with 105 laps and 16 sections. And Charlie Benson rounded out the field in eighth with, with 103 laps and 21 sections. Now we go on to the current point standings. This, this is kind of still up in the air. I want to say this is the final point standings, but I'm not sure how this last cancellation will figure out if we'll cover this race. But... Eddie Ball is currently in the lead in the point standings with 138 points. Danny Reinhardt is in second, 14 points behind. I am in third place with 23 points behind since I missed that week. Ryan Peoples is in third with 38 points behind. Dale White in fifth with with negative 42 behind. Charlie Benson in sixth with 43 points behind. Uh, Steve Rohill in seventh with 44 points behind. This is where very, very close from through fifth, uh, through fourth, fifth, and sixth, seventh. Uh, eighth is Chris White with negative 48 points behind. Uh, Nathan Atwood in ninth with 62 points behind. Howard Rosensig with 77 points behind. I'm getting into uh, people that did not attend this race. Um, Ron Lewis in 11th with negative 85 points behind. Uh, Myron Benner, who actually attended this week, got, went up to 12th with negative 91 points behind. Uh, Dean Ruppel, new racer this week, negative uh, 117 behind in 13th. Adam Moneypenny with negative and 14th, co- our co-host with negative 119 behind. Uh, Rick Chiavaro, uh, 15th, new racer, attended our club. Negative uh, 120 points behind. 16th is Wayne Hawkins, negative 21 or negative 121 behind. 
Curtis Taff and Rex Ball are tied for 17th with negative 122 points behind. And Sean Moneypenny rounds up the field in 18th with negative 123 behind. Hope everyone had a very good Christmas and hope everyone has a happy new year this year, 2020. It's going to be a really great year. It's been a great 2019 for the podcast. I cannot wait what 2020 has to offer. Uh, we want to do a stock T-Jet challenge recap and maybe a live stream from there. Also a live stream or a live episode at the Ohio Cup this year in May, May 1st through 2nd. Uh, probably on practice days when we'll do it. And, of course, the big one, the 2020 Hopper Nationals coming to Aurora, Ohio uh, from June 22nd through, tw- through 27th. And uh, me and Adam are very excited to document all these events this year. And we wish everyone well. Happy New Year. See ya.